This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for your word. I pray that as we go through this word, that your spirit will prevail to speak to our hearts. Your spirit is the revealer of the truth in the word. The word is the living word of the one and true living God. And for it, we are thankful. May we, God, now take it in that we will feast upon it and be nourished that we will grow up in the admonition of the faith unto spiritual maturity. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to share with you sentiments from the scripture in the gospel according to John, the first chapter, verses 12 and 13. We will begin there. There will be other scriptures. In the King James Version, reading to your hearing, it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I'm thankful for this scripture. It points out that there is nothing any of us can do to pay our way into God's good graces. Sometimes we may attempt to do that in an effort to escape the destiny of those who reject him. And sometimes we want to justify why we have rejected him on some points or maybe all points, my God. But God wants to come in now because of how he resurrected. He wants to remind us that we can resurrect from this deadness of thinking. We can rededicate our life back to him. There is a way that was made. His name is Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, we could be saved either for the first time ever today on this glorious day, be pardoned from sin because of what Christ did at Calvary, or we could go forward and rededicate our lives and be conclusive in it. Let the Holy Ghost come in and now take away everything that, that might be a hindrance to that process. We have to come to him the way he has set up for us to come in that special holy rendezvous. Any other way is just not acceptable. Sin carries with it an uncomprehensibly high price tag. It has eternally fatal repercussions that only God can nullify. This unfortunate reality is the origin from which I would like to share a message from God regarding the unpayable debt. The unpayable debt. Christ Jesus, he's the savior of the world. He redeemed us with his own blood, gave his life. When did he do it? While everyone is entrenched in sinfulness. No strings attached. He did it volitionally. And that's how he wants us to come to him, volitionally. We have free will to make a decision. What decisions have we made in the course of our life thus far? See, this is the epitome of God's love. It's the, the theme of the whole Bible, the way God loves us. How can this redemption process be personally activated, though. We need to ask ourselves that. Where do we fit in the scheme of this divine mystery? 
What is redemption anyway? Let's define redemption and discuss the mystery of godliness, which uh, will lead us to reasonably accept Christ's ministry of reconciliation for the eternal benefit of our very souls. The word redemption, if we look at it, it will help us to realize that there is a deliverance that needs to happen, but it has to come with a payment. So deliverance by payment of a price. In the Bible, in the New Testament, redemption refers to salvation's provision, which buys back what has been lost. In the Old Testament, this is a prophetic type, an example. And uh, there are you know, uh, prophetic pictures given in the Old Testament where redemption refers to like redemption by a kinsman, someone who is a relative. You see it all through the Old Testament in Leviticus 25, and especially in the book of Ruth, uh, and in Jeremiah, uh, the 32nd uh, chapter. It, it involves rescue. It, it involves deliverance, like in Numbers 3, and ransom, like in Psalm 111 and 130. And uh, the New Testament uh, refers to being loosed from bondage, like in Luke 2 and Hebrews 9, Luke 21, Romans 3 and Ephesians, the first chapter. By way of illustration, we could say that Jesus paid our kidnapper the required ransom. All right. uh, and in the Old Testament, redemption was applied to the recovery of property, like animals, livestock, etc., uh, people that were servants and such, and the whole nation even. These things typify the dimensions of recovery and release um, New Testament believers experience in life through the price that Jesus paid. Yes. So the Old Testament evidences um, New Testament promise. God's ability in Christ to redeem from the slavery of sin. And that was in Psalm 130. Deliverance from the enemy and the oppressors of the enemy in Deuteronomy 15. From the power of death. We know about the experience, the testimony of Job in Job 19. Psalm 49 too. The New Testament describes the exact cost of redemption. And here it is. The precious blood of Christ. That's the price. We can't pay it with our blood. Our blood doesn't mean what Christ's blood means. And then you can look at 1 Peter 1.19 and Ephesians 1.7 for that. Uh, believers are exhorted to remember as they pursue obedient service, faithful ministry, and personal holiness. It all comes by the price of Christ's blood. My God. 1 Corinthians 6 and 1 Peter, the first chapter. Uh, and as part of an old spiritual song goes, you may have heard of it. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. Christ Jesus died that I might have what? The victory. Yes. Now, because of this redemptive mystery of godliness, as the scriptures call it, we have the opportunity to return to God and become new creations. It's a great thing. It's a marvelous 
eternal thing. First Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and then received up into glory. The blood of Jesus, our Redeemer, covers a multitude of sins and saves us from eternal death. And those who humbly acknowledge their sinful state and the need for the salvation of Jesus shall be saved. They must trust fully in why and also how Jesus became their Savior. And that's the mystery of godliness. Uh, let's look at 1 Timothy 3.16 from the New Language Translation. I read it from the King James Version before. It says here, without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ appeared in the flesh and was shown to be righteous by the Holy Spirit. He was seen by angels and was announced to the nations. He was believed on in the world and was taken up into heaven. When the Apostle Paul says the mystery of godliness is great, he does not mean that it is very mysterious, but that the previously unknown truth concerning the person and work of the Lord Jesus is very marvelous and wonderful. And if we look at the pieces of the mystery of godliness, God was manifested in the flesh. That refers to the Lord Jesus and particularly to his what? Incarnation. True godliness was manifest in the flesh for the first time when the Savior was born as a babe, you know, in Bethlehem's manger. Amen. Um, the, the rest of the scripture says uh, justified in the spirit. What, what does that mean? Justified in his own human spirit. Does it mean that? Or does it maybe perhaps mean justified by the Holy Spirit? We understand it to mean the latter. Amen. He was vindicated by the Holy Spirit of God at his baptism. We know his cousin, John the Baptizer, said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the what? Sins of the world. And not only that, there was a witness from heaven, my beloved son, my God. And the Holy Ghost lit upon his shoulder in the form of a dove. So we heard the Father saw the Son, and saw the imagery of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Yes. My God. Yes. God in three persons. Blessed yes. Trinity. Um. We saw how the Holy Ghost, amen, vindicated the Lord in the transfiguration. Matthew 17, Peter, James, and John saw it with their own eyes. They are a witness, and they wrote, it, wrote about it. There were witnesses there, Elijah, Moses, and Jesus, and they were saying, why don't we make a tabernacle for all three of you? But they didn't understand what was going on. Jesus had to correct them again. We could see the vindication of the Lord in the resurrection. Romans 1, 3, and 4. And of course, the ascension. Jesus going up into the clouds. But he left. He said, I would leave the comforter, the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to leave you high and dry. There's a form of God right there with you. The Holy Spirit. Amen. That's in John 16, 10. Uh, the Lord was seen of angels at his birth, 
scene of angels during the temptation in the wilderness. Scene of angels in his agony in the garden of Gethsemane. Yes. Scene of angels at the resurrection. Uh -huh. Scene of angels at his ascension. Yes. And from the day of Pentecost onward, he has been what? Preached among the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. The proclamation has reached not only the Jewish people, but the farthest corners of the earth. What is the part of the scripture where it says, believed on in the world means? It's, it's describing the fact that uh, some from almost every tribe and nation have trusted the Lord Jesus. Yes. It does not say believed on by the world. Believed on in the world. Some believe. Not all will. God sends it out to everybody, but not everybody will receive it willingly, no. And God is not going to make them like some kind of religious tyrant or something. God gives us free will to make a choice. And that's how faith is built. We can't please God without that kind of faith. Yeah. Although the proclamation has been worldwide, we know that it is not received 100%, only partially. Some will find the way. And the scriptures teach us that few there be that what? Find the straight and narrow way. The scripture also said, receive up in glory. Receive up in glory is generally agreed to refer to um, as his ascension to heaven. After the work of redemption had been completed, Jesus said, it is finished on the cross. Then he rose again and he went around teaching for days and days and days to large crowds and intimately with his disciples. And then he was taken up. Thank God into glory, received up into glory. It means with attendant circumstances of pomp or majesty. In other words, glorious ascension. And as we say of a victorious general, my God, he went up with that pomp and circumstance as only the deservant of a, the savior of the world, amen. The savior of the world deserves such a thing. My God, the clouds open it up and angels gathered all around and receiving them up in glory. My God. Some believe we have uh, in this verse a fragment of an early Christian hymn. If so, it is rather similar to the gospel song called One Day by Charles H. Marsh. You may have heard of it. Living, he loved me. Dying, he won. Saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day he's coming back. Oh, glorious day. It's going to be a glorious day. My God, uh, we shall behold him as he is. We're going to see him as he is. The clouds are going to part ways. The trump will sound. My God, it's going to be a glorious thing. Hallelujah. My God. So those with hidden sins, my God, we need help. We're not going to prosper. If, if the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. The debt of sin is too overwhelming for us to try to conquer it on our own. Only Christ's saving power can overcome the mountainous tragedy of sin's defeat. Where sin abounds, the scriptures teach us grace. The grace of God to save us abounds much more. When the enemy pours in like a flood, yeah. the Lord shall raise a standard, in other words, in other words, an army banner 
uh, of righteousness. And we know he is Yahuwah Sabaoth right there, the Lord of Heaven's armies, right? That's why he has that banner. For his banner over us is love. He loves us eternally. He is faithful and just to forgive us too. You know, the character in the Bible, the man of a great history of a testimony of this is Joseph. He was a type of Christ whom his brothers depended on uh, to forgive them. At one point, he was, you know, a little sheep, right? And he probably smelled like the sheep that he hung out with. But one day, he, uh, he, he became like a lion in Judah. <laughs> but in this case, in Egypt for a time. Amen. He said, when my bones are on the ground and when God frees you to carry my bones out of there and take them, amen, to the holy place. Thank God. <laughs> my God. See, Joseph is showing us the redemptive work of Christ. He committed to the ministry of forgiveness and reconciliation, thereby imputing the blessing of forgiveness to his own brethren. And we could see that written in a song in the book of Psalms, Psalm 32. Psalm 32 is a psalm of David. It says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. While I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. And then there's a little break. And then they come back in singing. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Then a little break again, and they come back and sing. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with the songs of deliverance. Yeah. And a little break right there. That's a praise break. Then they come back in. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. See, God has to say something in the conversation too. Amen. Mm -hmm. If it's a conversation. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. If you're upright in heart, you have something to shout about. Amen. Because you know how God has kept you. It's not that you weren't tempted, but you said yes at the, at the fork in the road. You said yes to Jesus, not to Satan. Amen. Thank God. See, this was Joseph's testimony uh, as revealed in Genesis 50 verses 19 and 20. As he forgave his wicked brothers, uh, this lets us know that we are saved by God to be used of him for the salvation of others, not just ourselves. And Joseph said unto them in the scripture, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? He asked them. He's letting them know, even though I got this opposition, I'm not God. You see, he said, Am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me. We know his brothers were quite cruel to him. 
But God meant it unto good. Imagine him growing in the spiritual maturity, uh, being able to say that. It's like Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. So not only his family, but others were given away in Goshen. Amen. Thank God. So what do we say to all of these great glorious things from God? We have defined redemption and discussed the mystery of godliness and what a glorious thing it is. I hope that someone has come to a mental fork in the road. I don't care how long you've been in church. When the Holy Ghost comes with the truth of God, there are things we thought we knew and the Lord will cut asunder with the sword of the spirit Cut asunder even bones and marrow. He will cut asunder spirit and flesh. Amen. And he will let us know some of the things you built up was not a religious treaty unto God. It was not a theology. It was by own thinking. Right. That's why in the scriptures, uh, the scripture we were reading before, uh, you are given power to become the sons and daughters of God by Christ's blood, what he did. And uh, we believe on him and he changes us and he strengthens us with the Holy Ghost to do what God has called for us to do throughout all eternity, past, present and future. And it says here, which were born not of blood. See, it's not about biology, no. Nor of the will of the flesh. It's not about our mentality. It's not about psychology, no. Nor of the will of man. It's not about society, sociology, no. But of who? God. It's about a theocracy. God is in charge. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost is asking us, since we know of these things, uh, what will keep us from giving our all to God? There are little, you know, little compartments in us. And I talked about, I think it was last Sunday, how, um, you know, the scripture says meditate day and night on the word. And I was talking about an illustration like the cow. You know, they were in a pasture and now they're in a barn. How did they get all that grass? Now, I looked it up. I, I, I took biology. I had to re review my biology. Actually, the cow has one stomach, but it has four compartments in the stomach. So they could bring back things that they saved and begin to chew on it. We need to meditate on the scriptures day and night. We know we're human. We forget things. You read it the first time. Oh, what that said again? Huh? What that said again? What that said again? Psychology has taught us. You read something about and say it too uh, about 30 times. It's now going from your short term into your long term memory. And we have to do it some more. Review, review each day, every other day. Keep it fresh. Amen. This is why we haven't forgotten how to walk. We keep walking, don't we? But some people who have atrophy, is that how you say it, nurse? And uh, they may forget how to walk. And they have to go through therapy on how to walk. Hold the bar, let's go through the water, let's wade in the water. And they have to learn how to walk again. My God, we have to learn how to talk again if we're coming from a coma sometimes that long. God has to teach us new things. And we have to be refreshed every single day. Some of us are living on an old anointing, way back when. Yeah, I remember that time, long time ago, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I, I, I spoke in tongues that once, yeah. Honey, I, I, I pray that you could speak in tongues in your prayer closet every single day. Driving instead of cussing under your breath, you will speak the oracles of God as the Holy Ghost gives you what he wants you to utter. Amen. We should have an unction from the Holy Ghost every day. Feel him moving you. Some kind of indication that he's there. Amen. And we want to read the scriptures so that the Holy Ghost will bring them back to our memory at the forefront of our mind. And we will be given wisdom from God the self-same hour and how to share the love of God to somebody else. First of all, to ourselves, because the devil's going to come with temptation and we could do like Jesus in the wilderness. Give him the true word because the devil's going to present a false word. He always does. Takes little pieces out or add something. Then the word say this, this, and that. You say no. And then you correct him and say what it really said. Amen. But you got to be up on the word. Did you meditate day and night? You can't quote some sitcom. That's not going to help you. Some rom-com is not going to help you. You better quote the what? Holy Word of God. And not just like a seance person picking up the Bible, reading the 23rd Psalm, picking out pieces to help with their little seance words and stuff. They'll change the Bible to make some kind of evil thing happen. Isn't that weird? But the Holy Ghost is the revealer of the truth of the Word of God. It's almost like that secular story where they're rubbing the lamp. Just the right way, an angel come. Uh, what well, not the angel, but the what well, the genie. So I'm so sanctified. I'm gonna say angel, amen. But the genie <laughs> came out of the bottle. But we need to amen. Read the scripture. Pray. Let the Holy Ghost have His way in the scripture. Get all into our spirit, feeding us. Then it'll become a part of who we are, and the Holy Ghost will have that Rolodex ready in your heart. For the situation at hand, he'll flip through it. Here's the scripture for that. And you'll give the person who might be led of the demon to have what the Holy Ghost said. Because Jesus had to fuss at the devil in Peter. Amen. It's not just Peter, but the demon that was trying to suggest things to Peter's mind. And Peter was going right along with it because the devil knows how to mask himself. It felt like the right thing to say. But what we think is right may not be right. There's a way that always seems right. But God needs to come in in all of his holy, glorious presence and show us what is right and what is wrong. What we might think is right may not be right. We get to that fork in the road. What will keep you from giving your all to God? Things we think are right and they're not. Do you have something that you can hide from him? We can't hide from him. Uh, Proverbs 16, 2. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, yeah. But God weigheth the spirits. He will cut it asunder with the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Proverbs 28, 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have what? Mercy. We want to have mercy today. We may have treated people incorrectly. And let's not go to people first. We may have treated ourselves incorrectly. Amen. We don't love ourselves right. We make ourselves privy to things we shouldn't be privy to. Sometimes we're privy because of how we were uh, a victim of some kind of atrocity. My God. And then we're thinking, oh God, we have to continue like that. Or maybe because we were predisposed to something, that thing is still prevalent and trying to haunt and taunt us. But we need the power of the Holy Ghost to really come in 
and pull us out of that. Sometimes we're scared to come to God with it. We don't want to talk to God about that unholy thing because he's holy. But how about this? God sees all the unholiness. That's why he came. He said, if you make your bed in hell, I'm going to come down there and rescue you. If there's a time left for you to be rescued, I'm going to rescue you. Some people were at the point of death, between life and death, and they saw darkness down there and dark spirits trying to pull them that way, one way. And they remembered something somebody told them in their family. They remember that little bitty scripture. And they said, oh, all of Jesus, I surrender. And the devil had to let go. Jesus said, it's not over yet. Well, it's almost midnight, but it ain't over. It ain't midnight yet. I didn't hear the, 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 the song being sung. Loose your hole and give me back that soul. Hallelujah. If you got a breath left, amen, you're still on this side of glory. Most of your body not. You got one toe left. You better say yes to Jesus. And all to Jesus I surrender. And God will come in and set you free. He will cover your sins. Proverbs 15, 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. See, the Lord knows who's genuine and who's a hypocrite. In uh, Luke 12, uh, 2 through 9, For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, uh, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ears and closets shall be proclaimed upon the uh, housetops. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But... Even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. Last scripture, Hebrews 2, 3. How shall we escape if we what neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Won't you come completely to the Lord and let him guide you, guide you through this journey of faith? Only he can successfully take you from the glory of initiating a completely right relationship with him unto the glory that awaits those unto spiritual maturity who lived diligently by the holy faith that he requires. Father God, we thank you for your spirit. We pray that you will now rule and reign, Lord God. Sin brings an unpayable debt. We can't do it on our own. Christ is the only one who can pay it. He's the only one prophetically who can pay it. We go back, oh God, eternity past, and it's only Jesus who can do it. We come present and eternity in the future. Only Jesus could have done it. We don't want it to be said too late. Come in right now. Hear our prayer, O oh Lord. Incline thine ear unto us. We're not going to regard any iniquity in our heart because you will not hear us, Lord. We want to come, O oh God, and be cleaned 
from all impediments. Things that we may have taught ourselves to believe are right, but they are wrong. There's a way that seems right, but your spirit must come in and prevail now. I pray and show us the right way. Give us this day, oh God, the right word that the Holy Ghost now can wield out of uh, being sheathed and cut asunder soul and spirit. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. He's going to cut it asunder. Let him do a surgery on your right hand right now. Father God, we have walked through the corridors of our consecration, 21 days of saying no. I, I thank you, Lord, that even though we were in a holy consecration, there are things in us that rose up. We saw attitudes in our own selves during that 21 days. We saw things, how things uh, came into our uh, society, our little culture, our little circle, in our life, in our home, at the job, in the marketplace, wherever, my God, and things surfaced out of us. And my God, we need you to cut asunder, my God, that which easily besets us. And oh, you, you showed it to us, Lord. Now we have all the exercise of saying no. We have to continue to say no. We have to continue to diligently pursue after you, Father God, because we're not yet saved from the presence of sin. Sin is still here. It's in our presence. It's going to tempt us, try to turn us left and right, make us make the wrong decisions at the fork in the road ahead. Lord, we want to make the right choices now. Your Holy Spirit now rule and reign. Be the wisdom and power that works in us, oh God, in the church. Unto you be glory, majesty, and power in our life, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, we claim victory in each and every one. Lively stones fit shortly together to do work here in our local assembly. Bless us, Lord, to be a blessing. You didn't bless us, so let's bless ourselves. But not, yes, not to be narcissists, being all self-centered, but it's for us to become a blessing. We become reservoirs of hope. We become as a lamb of God. We become as, oh God, salt and as it lost its savor. We will now, amen, sprinkle out into society. It's bland from sin. It needs the spice of God. Oh, the right salt will preserve the right thing. It'll kill, oh God, contamination. We thank you for that, Lord. Hallelujah. It'll preserve us unto the coming of our Lord. Help us also to be lights. Light will give us direction. Oh, God, clarity for the journey ahead. Your word is as a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. We're supposed to place the word in our heart, and we do it by meditating on it day and night. Help us, oh, God, that we will not sin against God. We thank you, Lord. May every moment, every second be, oh, God, another opportunity to bless and praise the Lord, to give God the glory, to please the Lord, for God to smile from heaven and say, yes, my servant, Put your name there. It's working. The works of the Lord. I, as I have sent him or her. I thank you Lord now. Be our redeemer oh God. Be our strength oh God. In the name of Jesus. We claim it now. Hallelujah. We thank you Lord. We claim it for our households. The unsaved become saved. The unrepentant become repentant. We thank you Lord. Oh God. The prideful will become humble. We know you are able by the power of your Holy Ghost. We're going to pray it through, Lord. We're going to persevere in the warfare prayer and intercede, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church. 
pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you. Thank you.